fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Pullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. We're your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships. Mid-March, it's spring, but the wolf is still working like a wolf uh, working in mid-October. So uh, you're welcome for that. We got ourselves a pretty serious podcast. We're actually probably going to go tomorrow or Wednesday as well. I will only be on here for maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to cover... Some of the big uh, trades, acquisitions that have been going on in what is, I mean, you can honestly say without hyperbole, this might be the craziest NFL offseason ever. I don't know. I don't I don't remember all of them, but I'm sure going to remember this one. So there you go. Um, we're going to also talk about some wide receivers, where they landed, some quarterbacks, where they landed, and then we'll try to hit running backs, tight ends, and some other stuff uh, when we go on Tuesday or Wednesday. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. Wolf, what did I miss in that intro? Anything? Not, not much. I think you're dead right that, you know, it is the craziest offseason I can certainly remember. I remember we would do like one free agency recap show, and that would be really all we'd have to yep, do. Yep. It seems like every day there's some new bomb being dropped on the rotosphere here. Uh, we have two of them with Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams left to clean up. And then we just kind of normally, again, we would do all the free agents together. But at this point, we have to break it up into positions because there's just been so many movement on that front too. So we'll hit, like you mentioned, the wide receivers and some quarterbacks, a lot of action today on the quarterback front. And then later this week, whether tomorrow or Wednesday, going live again to cover the running backs, cover some line and some tight ends too, a ton of tight end movement this year. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot to cover. Absolutely. It's been definitely the craziest. If you missed our part one, we hit, you know, the, the day one moves of James Conner, Christian Kirk, you know, Zach Ertz, all that stuff. We've already covered, but then a lot of that, you know, we talked a bit about, you know, Mari Cooper and how we'd rather have Michael Gallup. Right, a lot right, of that has right. things changed. have changed since then. I just want to say in case somebody tries to hold my feet to the fire, uh, you know, in October or November 2022 for that. Just remember, they didn't have Deshaun Watson when I said that. No. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> de definitely go back and listen to that pod because there's tons of movement that does yeah. matter and is still very relevant. But we're going to now re, you know, retrace some of our steps here because we talked a lot about Rodgers and Adams on the last pod. We've talked about a ton of stuff that we need to now go revisit. Uh, so I think we just kind of get right into it. Yeah, so let's much go. To cover here. I, I know you're on a limited schedule, so let's do it. All right, so this is a big deal. Uh, as I said last podcast, regardless of what you think of the guys off the field issues and stuff like that, this is a fantasy football show, and Deshaun Watson has officially been traded. Uh, we knew he was going to get traded. We just did not know where. They had it narrowed down to, I don't know, three, four teams. And then, boom, he goes to the Browns. And this certainly makes a big impact for a lot of guys, uh, chief of which Amari Cooper. I mean, at least that's the most obvious fantasy guy right away, who we basically had condemned to fantasy hell, uh, you know, just a week ago because his situation looked totally terrible. All of a sudden, not so bad, right? No, not at all. I mean, starting with Watson himself, we talked about this on the last show. He's never been below the QB5 in fantasy points per game, even as a rookie. I mean, he took right. the league by, and that was his best season when he had those seven games as a rookie. It was insanity. Uh, but even still, even in his worst years, QB5 or better, last time out, led the NFL in passing yards. 
And this seems like the maybe the least ideal of situations with the Browns yeah. throwing it, you know, 28th. We talked about how it was such a bad situation for Cooper last week because of how low the passing volume is for the Browns, 28th, 30th, 29th in pass attempts. But you can't give up three first-round picks. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if you give up that type of haul and don't completely overhaul your entire offense. Yes, they'll still lean on Chubb. Yes, they'll still have the run game as a backbone. But Deshaun Watson is going to be the focal point of this offense. He is one of the best play-action passers in the league. Last time out there was number one in quarterback rating off of play-action and in deep accuracy. And that's the part of the passing game that thrives under Stefanski. It's all built off the run and then the deep shots off of play action. So I think this is going to be a fine fit. He is so talented, Watson himself, that he's my quarterback five. Assuming he does not get suspended any games, I'm not going to rank him below a quarterback spot. He's never finished below. He is just that talented. You mentioned though, Amari Cooper, certainly the biggest winner in my eyes, was the wide receiver 34 in my rankings before this news. He's flown up 22 spots to my wide receiver 12. This is a ideal situation because there's one, not really many other weapons to throw to. David Njoku might be the next man up on the the weapons cabinet. And yeah, he's going to get a big upgrade too. We'll talk about him in a second. But the leading receiver on this team last year was Donovan Peoples-Jones with 595 yards. They they have nobody else to throw to. So Cooper is going to be the apple of Deshaun Watson's eyes. And we've seen the situation play out before uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, 2018, the number one receiver there, 163 targets, 115 catches, 11 TDs, 1,572 yards, was the wide receiver three with 21 fantasy points per game. We also saw the next year, 150 targets, 104 yards, seven touchdowns, 1,165 yards, the wide receiver four, 17.9 points per game now I get that's DeAndre Hopkins yeah that's DeAndre Hopkins I mean it's it's a good data point Amari Cooper's not DeAndre Hopkins no he's not and the Browns Uh, are not yeah even even after that Brandon Cooks had uh, 1150 yards wide receiver 17 15.4 points per game that was with Will Fuller averaging even more 17.2 fantasy points per game the wide receiver eight that season so they had two receivers in the top uh, 17 there and, and Houston, again, Watson was leading the NFL in passing yards that season. So uh, you don't have that type. Of, I, I do think Fuller, my guess is he's going to end up there. Uh, so we can kind of look at this as like a Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller situation. I think Cooper, you know, again, he's now my wide receiver 12, has to be considered a wide receiver one because we every single year, Watson's had at least one receiver finish in the top 10 in fantasy points per game. That is definitely going to be Cooper, even if Fuller or Landry or someone else ends up here. I love Amari Cooper's situation. Yeah, I love him. I don't think I love him as much as you do. I don't think I, I mean, I, again, I criticize your rankings sometimes. And then when you go down, I'm like, I'm like, ah, I'm off by like one. Uh, When you said Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 17, that's kind of maybe more around where I would see Cooper. However, that, I mean, it's not a huge difference and it's certainly higher than you had him before Deshaun Watson showed up. Um, David, and a similar huge, uh, you know, literally like, cutting his tight end number in half, David Njoku had him as your tight end 27, now 13. So, I mean, you know, from someone who could not have been more relevant to, uh, you know, probably a starter. Exactly. Uh, The team has loved two tight end sets, and I I don't think they'll move necessarily away from that, but they would just cannibalize each other's fantasy value 
all uh, all the time. If that's been the kind of the, the case, and that's why he hasn't broken out. Well, now they got rid of Austin Hooper, so he's out of the way. And I know it's like Austin Hooper that that should not be the precipice to a fantasy breakout is getting rid of him, but it is a mouth that was getting right. a ton of targets for whatever reason. Now Njoku is the clear cut number one tight end with really nobody else. Harrison Bryant, the next closest, and eh, I, David Njoku is a whole different level of freak. Four point six four forty. 85th percentile, even higher in terms of speed score. His burst, 97th percentile. Just a freak athlete with a 94th percentile catch radius, uh, an 81st percentile speed score. I mean, everything. This guy is a freak athlete. We've seen the, the rare games where Hooper's been out. Najoku gets used, and suddenly he blows up for 12 to 20 fantasy points nearly every single time, and that's with Baker Mayfield thrown in the rock. Now you give him Deshaun Watson. I absolutely love this setup for him. And again, because the weapons are just so barren behind Cooper, to me, he's probably number two on the target totem pole. If not him, then it would be right now Donovan Peoples-Jones, who if everything stood as it does right now, Donovan Peoples-Jones got the biggest bump of any single player on my last big board update. He wasn't even ranked. He's now bumped up 150 spots into a definite wide receiver target of mine. Uh, I do think, though, I keep saying, I imagine Will Fuller or at least somebody is going to be added. It probably won't be a high-name rookie because they've lost a ton of draft picks to go get Watson. I don't think they're done making moves. So I imagine Njoku, his role is going to be firm against defense. He loves having a heavy dosage of the tight end position. I think Njoku's going to feast there. I don't think the current wide receiver, two is on the roster. But should they make no further moves, Donovan Peoples-Jones would be one of my favorite, like, 10th, 11th round targets as again, Deshaun Watson led the NFL in deep passer rating his last time out there. He has consistently had one of the best deep balls in the league, and we know that's what Peoples-Jones does the best. So I would love to see what he could do if he does maintain that role. Even as the three, he'll have, like, in terms of, like, best ball. I don't know if you'd ever use Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, in a seasonal league. You never know when those blow-ups would come. But he'll definitely have right. a couple of those, like, two-touchdown monstrous games. Yeah, he will. With, with, uh, with Will Fuller. I mean, um, with Deshaun Watson no matter who else is added. So he's definitely a good late round stab, uh, but should he be that number two coming into the season? Like we just said, Wolf Fuller and Brandon Cooks, both top 20 receivers. I don't think they'll have enough volume there uh, given this run heavy attack, but I do think that I mean, we should. What's your take? Cause I'll give you mine on Nick Chubb now, but do you think this helps or hurts Nick Chubb? I, I think it helps him actually. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, he's a, He's clearly a top 10 guy. Um, I would have put him probably low end top 10 before this and maybe now mid to low. I don't know. I'd maybe bump him two spots, three spots, something like that. Would you bump him? I, I bumped him up five. I, maybe I'm being aggressive because you know me. I always, I'd love no, you're, you're, like, yeah. he, I've been the biggest. And you're you're aggressive. Ever. That's your fantasy brand. I, I so, am. I mean, but I, you think about what this guy has done. The line is still 99% intact. They released Treader. I don't know why, uh, but either way, they still have all the big guys coming back up front besides him. And he's been so efficient these last few years. And that's with everybody stacked in the box. There's no real threat. You, Baker Mayfield wasn't doing shit. And they still just pounded it down teams' throats. Now you have Deshaun Watson. How do you stack the box when you have right. Deshaun Watson at QB? One, so the quality of looks is going to go up completely. It's going to be by far the most open lanes Nick Chubb has ever seen. I think he's going to, yeah, maybe the volume goes down. And this is like, I got a lot of shit on on. Twitter because I, I really? I'm going to bump him up five spots and you know if they ever release Kareem Hunt he'd be my number one running back above everybody and people went nuts on that one uh, but 
But I truly think that, it, it, you know, the only limit to his appeal for me is obviously the lack of pass catching upside. Should Hunt remain on the roster? It's going to be capped in that sense, but I still think Chubb would belong in the first round given, I, I think he scores 20 touchdowns if Deshaun Watson's, you know, there, and he obviously is there. So like the, the amount of scoring opportunities, the open lanes, all that is going to be a huge boon for him. It's definitely a boost up for uh, Hunt in that sense too, because he'll, you know, he's often been a closer in games. I don't understand why he often gets, you know, random st- attempts at the strike. And he was a top 15 guy just two seasons ago when he was fully healthy. Him and Chubb were both. I'll tell you what, I would be taking a late round stab on Dearness Johnson. Like, absolutely. Like, you know, and possibly by the time the drafts roll around, it won't be a late round stab because uh, some more pieces could have fallen into place. But, you know, you know me, I I like that guy a lot. And I can see him getting some burn. Paul, in the sense of like his handcuff upside is just that much higher. We already saw it. He was averaging really 20 points per game in his starts last year. If something happened to Chubb, he would go through the roof. And again, I, I brought up Kareem Hunt. Like, it's always that speculation. Is he going to get released? Like, is he going to trade? And it never really makes sense to speculate on that until now with the cap hit. Now that they've traded for Deshaun Watson and given him so much money, they are pretty strapped here. So th- this is one of the off seasons. Usually when people speculate, oh, what's going to happen if Chubb, you know, is the only guy and Hunt is released? I kind of shut it down because they love Sorry. Hunt. They gave him a good contract but they don't have a ton of money anymore. He could be a cap casualty. A lot of the high name uh, beat writers over there for Cleveland are speculating Hunt could be released, in which case, like you said, Dearness to the moon himself, but also Nick Chubb might be my number one overall player at that point. Well, I'll tell you who does have a lot of money, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Um, And (laughs) one more thing before we move on. We went a little longer on that than I thought we would, but that's obviously the the biggest story in the NFL right now. So, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll have to excuse us folks, but, um, Here's my next follow-up real football question. How surprised would you be if the Browns finish in the last place in this division? I'd be pretty surprised. Would I you really? Because I would not. I mean, look at who's competing with. I know, Bur- you know, obviously the Bengals and Burrow, and we'll talk about the line upgrades they've made. Like, they're the number yeah. one team, and it's not even close in that division. I, I agree. Uh, who else are they really – like the Steelers and Trubisky? Come on. Like, I know we Steelers are up- winning. They, they – one thing the Steelers do is win. And yeah. they won. They won last year with one of the worst quarterbacks <laughs> I've ever seen. Like you know, that guy was horrendous. Trubisky is better than Ben Roethlisberger last year, and the Steelers made the playoffs. I can't believe it. it is I mean, true. it's I true what it. I'm saying. Like I don't feel like they've had a losing record in like 15 years. I mean, so it I mean, it's just like, I feel like you count them out kind of at your own peril. They have an excellent coaching staff and stuff. I don't know. I, it's you not could like be I'd the be same shocked. With the Ravens too, honestly. Yeah, like, I know. Harbaugh, that's why, that's why I'm asking. If if you told me if if I said to you, "Hey, man, the Browns are fourth in the division," like how shocked would you be? I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I, what <laughs> exactly? I mean, it is kind of crazy to think. Like I, you know, I, I you get this big name quarterback, and that's the only missing piece, right? I do believe in Stefanski. I believe in all the weapons around him. I it's think it's a tough division. It is a really tough division. Package. Look at Sneak- look at some of these AFC divisions, man. I was just going to say, like, it's crazy to think that this division, the more we talk about it, I'm like, wow, this is a pretty low division, and it's not even close to the best division in the AFC right now. No, it's like I look at the I look at the AFC, uh, what is it, the North? Yeah, I look at this division, and it's like a super, at least in my mind, competitive division. It's not yeah. like I think beyond the Bengals, I don't think any of those other teams are, like, elite, but they could all be winning teams. And so, like, they're all going to be fighting with each other to – to see who comes out. I mean, I think the uh, AFC West has a higher ceiling, but, oh, yeah. but also competitive. All right. 
Let's it's move be on. Fun games in the AFC. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'm, tell you I'm, that. <laughs> I'm excited for some football. It's only six months away. Oh, All man. right. Uh, huge deal here. We actually talked about this uh, last podcast. I talked about like, oh, what if uh, Devonte Adams holds out and and won't play, and we were just like, ah, oh, you know, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. No, he got traded to the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and and the best thing about this, and I know I'm not telling you anything is what a double middle fingered Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, like the guy totally deserves it. Oh yeah. Like I don't, I don't feel sorry for him at all. (laughs) Not at all. I love the details coming out that the Packers were offering more money. Yeah. They offered more money and he was like, no, uh, it's his lifelong dream to play with the Raiders, AKA fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. I, I want out. I know you also, it's his college teammate with Derek yeah. Carr. So there's part of that too. Even, even if it truly is a motivation that's coming from like, I really wanted to go to this place as opposed to, I hate this place. It's still just like totally leaves Rogers holding the bag, but it's like, so what the, you know, I'm going to fight for my 50 million a year. Yeah. Yep. Hold the bag. Like yeah, you've earned this now. Whatever. That's what you get. See you later. Exactly. I, I I love it. Obviously, from makes the AFC West even more exciting. It, it, I, those games are going to be just shootout bonanzas, and I cannot wait. Uh, so real life wise, I love it for all the reasons you mentioned. The double middle finger to Aaron Rodgers. That division gets that much more competitive. Awesome stuff. Fantasy wise, it's tough to say that Adams could get any better than what his situation was. No, no. Not going to see what he was averaging over 11 targets per game. Uh, we talked about this last time, the fact that he's been a top 12 wide receiver for over half of his games, 53% of his games across the last two seasons, 30 games, averaging 24 fantasy points per game nearly. It's not going to be that good. Him and No, Rodgers but he's joined, but he is he is now going to be part of a better receiving core than he was in. in Absolutely. Like by far. Like that's, that's a dangerous, dangerous set of guys. In one hundred percent, and should that you know, as a team, they're going to be very dangerous. And Derek Carr, big upgrade. Adams himself, I bumped down to wide receiver four. I still think even in a you know more mouths to feed type of offense, he's just so talented. And the fact that McTaniel's goes out and gets the best receiver in the game, like his first year away from Belichick, you know, I I lean more to the comparisons where they're like it's Randy Moss two like they're going out getting the best guy in his prime, and let's see. What he does, I don't think we're going to get 27 touchdowns or anything like that, but it's not a huge no, downgrade. It's a downgrade. Wide receiver one and wide receiver two these last two seasons, I don't expect that. But I do think top five wide receivers, how could you rank a receiver of Adam's caliber any lower than that, even with more mouths to feed? So Derek Carr, huge upgrade, uh, plus five in terms of the quarterback rankings, up to quarterback 12 or 13. I forget where exactly. Uh, but QB1, definitely a QB1 with these type of weapons, with McDaniels coming in and likely to engineer a very pass-happy attack with these moves. I think that's a huge win for him, getting his college teammate back. He's always talked about trying to get back with Adams. It does hurt Renfro and, and Waller. I mean, you have a new number one on the totem pole no matter what, but I think some people are over-exaggerating just how I don't how big. think it's going to hurt them that much, man. I think there'll be enough volume. I really do. I think they're going to chuck this thing. And and in that case, I do think Adams, I mean, uh, Derek Carr is going to have a monster season. And Renfro is going to be one-on-one all the time. Waller probably is too. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to kill them. I don't think so either. There is an interesting stat. I saw the games without Waller last year were, were pretty stark. So with Waller, he averaged Hunter Renfro seven targets uh, or seven targets, five and a half catches and 42.8 yards. 
that's not great. And without Waller, 8.3 targets, 7.2 receptions, 83 and a half yards, and a ton of a whole lot more touchdowns in those games as well. I think that there was a, a ton of validity to like this was kind of his breakout too. And once he broke out, like I don't think you're shoving him back into the box now. And it was a matter of you know Waller's back, and suddenly he's going to disappear. Now I think you know. We saw Carr hype up Renfro as one of the best receivers in the league, one of the sneaky best athletes at getting separation, getting releases. And we saw that all last year when he was facing the number one corners down the stretch. He was doing this. So now, as you mentioned, single coverage, probably the, the third the tertiary coverage option. And he's playing what McDaniels already said. This is my slot receiver. This is my next great slot receiver. And before 2020, where we had you know, Cam Newton fiasco and all that, Patriots slot receivers have been on pace for at least 140 targets, a 24% market share in all 12 of 12 seasons with Josh McDaniels uh, calling plays. They also finished top 12 in PPR points per game in nine of 12 seasons and ranked outside top 20 just one time in 12 seasons. That's a pretty big track record. And again, you know, that's data right there. That's some pretty (laughs) decent data. And that included when Randy Moss came over, Welker was still top seven. In PPR points per game, of course, a missing part of this equation, the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. Like, yes, we have to factor that in. But Carr, when he's had weapons, I mean, you remember the season with Crabtree and Cooper? You I, were calling the MVP of the league. I, I still contend that he was. And I feel like when he finally got hurt and we saw a Raiders team that was, what, maybe number two in the AFC? Yeah. Became, became like, you know, overnight one of the worst teams in football. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he was great. Carr's a good quarterback. He... He was woefully underrated. Then I think he became a little overrated. Now I think he's underrated. Then he was underrated again. And now I think people have come around and we're kind of correctly rating him. And I think people just think, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's a pretty good quarterback. He's not, he's not the Tom Brady that was throwing to Randy Moss for 27 touchdowns. That, no. That's not, uh, that's not Derek forward. Carr, but he's good. No, 100%. Um, he's probably the worst quarter. I mean, he's the worst quarterback in this division, probably. But I, which is insane. He's the best worst. <laughs> yeah, he'd be quarterback. the he'd be the best quarterback. I, we should, if we had more time, I would go through them all and be like, how many divisions would this guy be the best right. quarterback in? I'll, I'll bet a couple. I know, seriously, <laughs> at least number two, and and pretty much any of. Like, yeah, it, it's going to be a, such a fun division. Um, but yeah, I, I think there'll be enough volume. I think it's going to be pretty heavily concentrated to those three weapons plus a running back. So I, I don't think there's going to be any type of third, you know, Zay Jones is not there anymore, but like Brian Edwards, right? There's nobody else to talk about there anymore uh, beyond them. I do think it does help out Jacobs in the sense that it's similar to. Yeah. It's a similar deal. To, okay. It's just, yeah. Wider lanes and more scoring opportunities, uh, more room to your roam underneath. And we know, how much the Patriots have peppered their running back. So I do think Jacobs, this is all good news for him. Even if it's a little bit of a target share ding, the quality of the volume goes up. Looking quickly at the Packers now, it's got, how does this not hurt Rodgers dramatically? I mean, who's his number one receiver going to be? I, I don't think they're on the roster now, but if it was Alan Lazard, MBS isn't even on the team right now. He's a free agent. They're, they're hoping. Well, maybe, maybe they back. scramble to bring him back now because all, maybe all of a sudden it's just like, wow, like we, we need somebody. A hundred percent. And you know, they'll use, I got two words for you. Antonio Brown. I, I speculated that whether it's Beckham Brown, uh, you know, any of those guys could be top 15 fantasy receivers. It's, it's become among the, if not the biggest storyline to now monitor the rest of this, this off season is who is going to be his number one. Cause yeah, Lazard gets a bump up, but he's going to be the number two. There's no way somebody else, whether it's a rookie, whether it is a play on Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, uh, you know, one of those style receivers, but Odell Beckham, you might not have back till, you know, Julio. Remember. anyways. 
So uh, that would be crazy. I would love to see it, um, but I, I'm not expecting that. So Terrell Owens. does get a little bit of a bump up. He, he'll probably be the clear number two coming into this year. Rodgers himself, though, big downgrade. Given that they've ranked 16th, 24th, and 15th in pass attempts the last three seasons since LaFleur took over there, it's been just a high efficiency. Rodgers has been incredibly efficient, throwing it mostly to Adams. When you take that type of – I should have calculated ahead of the, the, the pod today, but how much of his touchdowns have been Adams, how much of his yards have been Adams these last couple of years, I, it's got to be a good like 30% of his total fantasy production at least has gone to Devontae Adams. Never mind what happens with coverage when you take a weapon like that off the field. It could be a pretty easy to shut down passing attack if they don't make some significant moves, and there's really not that many moves left out there. So I, I bumped Rodgers down to 16. That's where he ranked three seasons ago, his first year under LaFleur, uh, with, again, the 16th most pass attempts. I think that's pretty fair. If not, I, I don't know. I just I, I don't really want anything to do with Rodgers unless I know more about his receiving core. The last player, though, is Aaron Jones. This is an interesting boost, bigger than I would have expected. Without in the last three years, he's got seven games without um, Devontae Adams. He averages, he goes from 16.4 points per game to 25.9 points per game without Devontae Adams. I, I mean, it's just such a stark five receptions compared to three receptions per game, uh, a half receiving touchdown per game compared to 0.18. He becomes like the main vein of the passing attack in the games that Adams has been hurt and missed these last few years. So I, I could see him having a huge stock up. Everybody's been pretty down on Aaron Jones because, yeah, Dylan, he's come in. He's played really well. He's going to certainly take a lot of that early down work. But as a receiver, there could be plenty of situations where Dylan's in the backfield and Aaron Jones is now splitting out wide because he is by far their most dangerous pass catcher at this point. He has been these last couple of years. Um, again, almost 10 points more per game without Adams on the field these last three years. That's enormous, and I think Aaron Jones is somebody that nobody's really talking about right now. Uh, he's going around like late third. <laughs> it blows my mind. He's going to be a huge value for for anybody who scoops him there. I agree. The Packers, uh, you know, they're hurt a little bit overall. Rogers hurt, but one thing we know: as long as they can just sneak into the playoffs, Rogers will take care of things in the playoffs. <laughs> And sneak, um, take care of things in what terms? Like losing in the first round and getting his ass knocked out. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Yes, what okay, I meant. good. God, we're on the same page. There I was, I was, I was throwing shade there. Yeah. Um. All right. Real quick, other quarterback news. Uh, if you haven't already, too, we actually didn't yeah. even call for likes. We were so distracted diving in. I here. know we're so fired up. If you're uh, with us here and you're enjoying what you're seeing, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button, whether you're live with us or catching the replay. You enjoy the content. It does help us grow. We're pumped to be over 2Ks. If you haven't joined already, join that Wolfpack. Subscribe and keep us growing. Um, we're going to keep pumping this content out every, you know, multiple times a week. At this yeah, point. we'll be back we tomorrow the next day, right? <laughs> All right, other quarterback news. Um, and this is what I like to call – I feel like instead of these banners, if I had done the banners, I would have just written – shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Uh, Jameis going back to the Saints. Uh, Marcus Mariota to the Falcons. I mean, you can include the the Wentz deal in that. We discussed that, uh, I believe, last week. But it's just like a bunch of really mediocre teams swapping quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a bunch of really team. mediocre quarterbacks swapping, yeah. swapping uh -huh. spots on – mediocre teams i mean i mean does anybody and i don't look maybe maybe you and i feel completely different about this i mean does anybody think matt ryan's uh going to the colts is like a difference maker anybody think like Mariota's just going to light it up for the falcons or wentz is just going to kill it for the commanders i mean i don't these guys are just like i don't know winston to the saints is at least kind of fun 
Yeah. <laughs> Wits is just a fun person. I'll go, I'll go through each one quickly uh, because I do want to talk about some of these receivers that will certainly have much more fancy significance than any of these quarterbacks. But Matt Ryan, intriguing, like the most intriguing to me, and I, I get how gross it seemed last year. It does seem gross. He still was the quarterback 17 last year. Across his last four seasons, he's been the quarterback 17, the quarterback 12, quarterback 11, and quarterback 2. So, I mean, he's... Yeah, but the, aren't those in those order? Like, yeah, so I mean, so, so in, in most it, recent. Uh, so, in other words, he's gotten worse every year. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. He's gotten worse every year. And I, I don't think that trend's necessarily going right. to be uh, <laughs> I'm, I smell a quarterback 20 year coming up. <laughs> exactly. Even still, though, you're looking at some of these, you know, two QB best ball leagues or if you play super flex, the guy's going to get you about 17 to 20 any given week. He actually, while he had Ridley last year, was a top 12 quarterback over half the time. Ridley obviously disappeared. Well, Ridley was betting the over on all the Ryan passing lines. Yeah, it was great. Uh, (laughs) Cleaning cleaning up. Yeah. Uh, So ultimately, I don't know that he's completely done it. And I do like Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich is a good offensive mind. The Colts have ranked second, 24th, 20th, and 27th in pass attempts. So it's not a... Huge volume attack. No, it's not a they have I mean, that's good. Do we really want Matt Ryan airing it out? No. Do we want the efficient? <laughs> we, we want, want Jonathan want Taylor big like, plays. running the crap out of the ball. What I like about them is even with Wentz last year, 12th in terms of touchdown, touchdowns, they had second most touchdowns when they had Andrew Luck, 20th with uh, Phil Rivers. That's kind of what I expect. Like a quarterback, you look at the, you know, their face. Exactly how I, that's the comp that I would have used. This is a right. Phil Rivers and move. Rivers finishes the quarterback 20. We had Wentz finishes the quarterback 14. I'd say somewhere right in the middle there, quarterback 18 to 20. Like I won't draft him that high because the upside just is no, so capped. It's, like, so it's not going to be better Come on. than 14. Uh, no, he, no, he's sure not. No. And he probably won't be worse than 20. It's kind of how I look no, at it. No, no, no. Uh, so it's it's not that exciting, but I think Michael Pittman, you know, this is the stablest guy he's played with. Um, so, so I do like this move for him. And I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> to see them go after, let's say, Julio Jones now, a guy he's played with his whole career a free agent. They need a number two. You know, I, I could see him having just some salvageable, like if you take a big risk at your quarterback one, you're going to get 17 to 20 out of Matt Ryan most weeks. That's kind of how I view him. It's not exciting. It's not sexy. I think this one, as you mentioned, James Winston, a little bit sexier, a little bit more exciting for sure. Oh yeah. Matt Ryan is like the ordering toast at the diner with no butter and a glass of water. Um, what, what's Winston like uh, a chili and Winston, cheese omelet Winston, like Winston is like spicy crab legs yeah. <laughs> which he may or may not end up paying for exactly yeah very boomer <laughs> bust. it could be the best night of your life it could be horrible uh, and that's how it was all last year you know 31 the first week five touchdowns on like eight pass attempts 30 in week five and then you had 9 11 15 uh, pretty pretty ugly pretty tough to depend on that unless again you're playing best ball and you just Open for those booms any given week uh, when you have to predict it. He but he did average you know, 18.7 points per game, quarterback 15. And if you take out the injured game where he only played, I believe, a quarter or two, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game. Would have been the quarterback 11 with what he had there. So uh, he has some juice here going back to the system that saw him cut down his interceptions to only three after throwing 30 the year before. Uh, and what's probably bigger than anything is not that you're going to necessarily – really throw 30 picks? Did he What'd really throw 30 picks in a season? Yeah, remember that? He had like 50. I mean, I knew he had a ton. I just didn't know he had I just didn't know he had 30. That is 30 that's really something. That's really wild. Something. Absolutely <laughs> wild. Uh, but ultimately, you're not sprinting out to get Winston in fantasy. I, I don't expect at least, 
But what this is is big for is Kamara. Uh, Kamara was the running back for in points per game among running backs when he had Winston at quarterback. He was still pretty solid without him, was a running back overall on the year, but he did average over four point, uh, three and a half points per game more with Winston at quarterback. Uh, largely, again, similar to Aaron Jones, a lot more receiving work, over, over a half a touchdown a game in the, in the receiving game with Winston at quarterback. That dropped to 0.17 receiving touchdowns. He, do, he was on pace for 10 touchdowns as a receiver with Winston on pace for three touchdowns as a receiver with all the other quarterbacks. So that's the big uh, gain here. Plus, you know, I, I think this is solid for Michael Thomas where we had no idea who might be throwing him passes. We've seen Winston have two top 10 receivers in Godwin and Evans. Uh, in particular, he loves to latch onto his number one Evans for so many years, all those thousand yard seasons. Many of them came with Winston hucking him the rock. That's so true. I can see a, a good rebound season coming for, for Michael Thomas here and Kamar just getting a nice little boost as well. Whereas Winston slots in, you know, quarterback 23 or so on the rankings, like not someone I'm sprinting to get, but if my quarterback too, I, I just love rooting for the guy too. It's, he's a fun guy sure. to root for in my opinion. Sure. I, I actually agree with you. Uh, Mariota to the Falcons, uh, low Konami potential. Yes. Low. Yeah. Low very Konami low. potential. Um, this is like, this reminds me kind of of the Trubisky move to the Steelers where it's just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to see like yeah. <laughs> this, this guy that people used to think was good, but hasn't really been good. We're going to give him a shot and uh, see what happens. And, you know, it's not like I'm pulling against the guy or anything like that, but I'm skeptical. I mean, I told you that I thought that the Falcons offense was just an absolutely sinking ship. Anyway, I know I've already gone to the Titanic <laughs> reference once in this segment, but I don't think that this necessarily changes that. <laughs> no, no, it does not at all. I mean, you look at who's stopping this offense. We just talked about like Renfro, Waller, and, and Adams. Everybody. And Falcons. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, Corderell Patterson, and uh, who is – I actually don't know who their number one receiver is. Is it Zacchaeus? Well, it's right not right? Gage. It's not Russell Gage. Not Russell Gage. No, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Uh, not not Julio Jones and certainly maybe, not may, Maybe MVS. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who knows? Seriously, one Maybe. Is. But it's going to be disgusting either way. Uh, so there's no weapons. That's never going to be the appeal here. What if they brought Mariota? It's more they're... so the fact the last game he started, he had 13 carries, 87 yards, and a rushing TD. He also completed 60% of his throws, 7.7 yards per attempt, scoring over 26 fancy points the last time we saw him get heavy usage. It was a one-game thing. Defenses didn't have any type of you know game plan to stop him when Carr got hurt. And he had a pretty solid day. So I'm intrigued to see what he does as a starter, similar to Trubisky. Like, I think that was a great comparison. I kind of wanted to get see these guys get their second chances. Yeah. I'm not expecting a whole lot, and Trubisky's certainly in a better, as you said, organization, weapons, everything's a better Everything. for Trubisky than it is for Mariota. But I'd be intrigued to see what he does as a starter here. I, I can't imagine they don't draft their quarterback of the future as well, uh, and ultimately Mariota's probably supplanted at some point this year. But let's see what the guy's got, especially as a runner. Again, I won't be drafting him in any fantasy leagues other than super flex leagues, in which case he's a last round dart throw at best. But he's a starter. He's fed tight ends before. He loved peppering Delaney Walker, who was a top six tight end in all but like two of his last seasons. Um, so I, I think Kyle Pitts, this is, it could be worse, I guess, and not much worse, but uh, it could be worse. So I'm intrigued to see what Mariota does from a real life perspective, fantasy wise, not moving the needle all too much, at least until we know who his receivers actually are. I mean, are, are you smelling a, a, you know, potential 2022 Falcons t-shirt that could sell out? Uh, Falcons 2022, it could be worse. <laughs> what, a, what a motto. It could be worse. <laughs> right? Not much worse, but it could be, I guess. <laughs> it could be. 
The and receivers just like, can't be worse. I don't. I again, I, I think Zacchaeus is their number one. And like, right now. and then like the picture on the back is like Calvin Ridley shooting craps or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that great design. Yeah, that'd be perfect. We should make that shirt. Anyway, um, I, I got to go at eight thirty, so I'll I'll maybe do the first the big wide receiver story with you, and then I got to go. Perfect. Um, wide receiver. I actually I actually think this is a pretty big deal. And I, when I texted you, and I was like, "Hey, I think Allen Robinson to the Rams is actually a pretty big deal." And it was like right when Devontae had gone to the Raiders, and you were like, "Yeah, it's not as big a deal as Devontae <laughs> going to the Raiders," which you were correct about. But I still stand by what I said, which is that this is a big deal. Uh, we all think Allen Robinson is really good. Uh, he has been. Absolutely. I mean, last season was just an absolute disaster and it was not his fault. Like, I don't believe that his talent, ability, drive, anything like that fell off a cliff. You could clearly see what the problem was and it wasn't him. And you genuinely had to feel bad for the guy. I felt bad for the guy. Anyway, I don't feel bad for him anymore. He got traded to the Rams and Robert Woods was out the revolving door the other way. I think this is a huge upgrade, not only for Allen Robinson, but for the Rams. 100%. I, at first, was a little hesitant to call it a big deal because I thought Robinson and Woods might cannibalize each other, with Robinson being the better option there. But ultimately, I didn't know that three of these receivers, you know Cooper Cup's getting his. He's still my number one receiver, regardless of who else goes there. Uh, but I saw those two maybe cannibalizing each other and making it a little unsteady. Not so anymore. This no. is awesome that Robinson right has been traded. Um, there's going to be plenty of room for both cop to be the wide receiver one and still get a top 15 season potentially out of Allen Robinson. I agree completely. I think maybe, top 15, maybe even a little better. Could be. Uh, so you mentioned last year, absolute disaster. But before that, Robinson was the wide receiver eight and wide receiver nine. And that was with Trubisky. Throwing right. the block. I mean, we could go down the list. Blake Bortles was the best quarterback he played with. Uh, the the other ones were just and Blake Bortles was bad. <laughs> There's no doubt about uh, that. that yeah. was the best oh, you're you're right about that he over was, his career. He is. <laughs> yeah, it was it's been abysmal. So he's had top ten receiver seasons with complete garbage throwing him the rock. He's never seen fewer than 151 targets when he plays a full season uh, last year, notwithstanding. And more importantly, the situation he walks into, obviously Stafford by far and away like miles and miles the best quarterback he's playing with. But even then, the scheme is that much better. They have been top five in passing yards in three of their last four seasons, top 10 in four or five, never lower than 13. That's with Jared Goff at fucking quarterback. Absolutely atrocious. Even more importantly, they had two top 20 receivers in four of five seasons with the Rams. The only time they didn't was a a lot of injuries, and Goff just had like 3,800 yards and 20 TDs and was absolutely atrocious. And they still had Woods as the wide receiver 17 and Cup as the wide receiver 30. So they've always had at least two top 30 receivers, but in four or five, they've had at least two top 20 receivers. They actually had a season in 2017 where they had three top 20 wide receivers um, with, with Cup as the wide receiver 14, Woods as the wide receiver 16, and Brandon Cooks as the wide receiver 20. So it's just a wide receiver heaven offense. You know, Higby saw about 14% target share last year. I think it goes down, if anything, from this. Van Jefferson, about 15% target share. He'll be a non-factor. It's going to be the two big guys in Woods, I mean, uh, in, in Cup, and Allen Robinson seeing about 25% target share for Cup, probably 23% target share for Robinson. I could easily see two top 12 receivers coming out of this situation. Yeah. If Robinson's at all the guy we used to see back with the Bears, I, I could see two top five receivers if he's that guy that was, you know, just a couple seasons ago, the wide receiver eight with Trubisky. I could see him absolutely blowing up. This is a huge deal now that Robert Woods has been traded. I will say 
you know, and I got to take off, but I, in a vacuum right now, this season, I like Allen Robinson more than Amari Cooper. Wow. Pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, I, just, I mean, the offense is certainly better for wide receiver production. I just, with Cooper being that clear cut number one, Robinson kind of being the clear cut yeah, number two. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Where are you going to rank Robinson? Where do you have Robinson right now on your board? Like as of today? I, I haven't adjusted yet. I was getting to that uh, right as we were going live here. I'll pull up the rankings here, though. I, I have them up. I had him at wide receiver 30, thinking him and Woods were going to be kind of cannibalizing each other. Uh, I would say, okay, like, what do you think of, like, T. Higgins versus Allen Robinson? <sighs> I'm probably going T. I'm very, very close. I would probably, I maybe lean T. Where we get to like, okay, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas. And I like him more than Michael Thomas. I think that's the, that's going to be the tier for me. It's like, what, what, what tier is that? What? That's my fourth tier. It's with like Michael Thomas. What, Godwin, what number are they? Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, uh, Elijah Moore. Um, I like so, it more, certainly more than Elijah Moore. Yeah. Uh, no, that's where I, I have Hopkins too. I don't. I just realized that. I don't know. He must have gotten switched by accident yeah. on me here. Uh, but no, I have it. And he might be in the tier above with like more so the the Higgins, the Johnsons, the Waddles, the Amari Coopers. Um, he might yeah. be in that range. I, it's. I, I'll, I'll have to sift through it. Right. I have, well, know. once you come out, once you come out with your adjustment, I'll, I'll argue with you. And, and I'm possibly, have, I'm just caught up in the moment right now. Right now, I, I'm slotting him in at wide receiver twenty, uh, assuming Godwin I, plays I think I all like the it more games than that. this year. If we get wind that Godwin's probably going to be limited and miss some time, I'll probably have him at like nineteen or eighteen. But I like Michael Thomas and Elijah Moore as number ones just a little more. But part of me is pretty hesitant. Again, the like number Bro- that just said two top 20 receivers in four or five years. And I only put Allen Robinson, who might be the best. He's certainly better than Woods, in my opinion. I like Robinson better than both of those guys. I think I do too, the more I'm talking about it here. Um, I'll take take the Elijah Moore, Allen Robinson bet all day long. You take who? Robinson. Versus versus who? Elijah Moore. Yeah, I probably, I mean, he's more proven. Moore was so good for that stretch, but yeah. I mean, Robinson's going to be a beast right now. So yeah, yeah, I, I love the move. Good discussion, though. I, I want to talk about it more once we got our ducks in a row a little bit more. I, unfortunately, I have to run. It's 830. Um, so, Wolfpack, RSJ fans, I will see you either tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever the wolf goes back on the air. But he's going to take you home. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Give us a like. Give me a like on the way out. Huh? Give the man a like on his right. way out. True. thanks so much. It's always a pleasure chatting ball. All right, bud. See you later. See ya. All righty. So, let's look at the other guy here on the opposite end of this is Robert Woods getting traded in exchange for just a six round pick. I, I one can't believe that value. Why did the Patriots or I mean, certainly the Packers not go after this guy? If it only was costing a six round pick, I know the contract's not like the ideal situation, but man, that, that is just such a cheap price tag for the Titans to pay to go get him. He was the wide receiver, 18 in fancy points per game and the wide receiver 12 at the time of his injury. So two number one receivers, that's kind of what I expect from Robinson and, and cup that we we're just talking about. More I think about it, I got to keep bumping Robinson up uh, in the rankings. But Woods is now entering. A, we can't like look at Woods and be like, oh, is the two now. He could still be top 12 right now. A.J. Brown's going to be the number one far and away, not even close. And beyond that, it, this is not a McVay offense that can sustain two top 20 guys, in my opinion. It's a completely different offense. They've ranked with Rabel as the head coach. 23rd, 31st, 31st, 30th, and 25th 
in pass attempts. They have had a few efficient touchdown seasons, 6th, 28th, 8th, and 8th, and then 19th in passing touchdowns. But that 19th is the one that's sticking out to me because that's after Arthur Smith left, went to the the Falcons. That hyper-efficient attack was when he took over. They were crushing it. I don't expect that many passing touchdowns. I think, you know, their their new offensive coordinator from the Raiders over there, horrendous. He's always been an awful play caller. He couldn't get it figured out with Julio and A.J. Brown. I don't expect, you know, him to suddenly light the lamp up now that Robert Woods is there. So I I don't love this fit. Um, It's such a low-volume attack. As much as I love Woods, I've always been a huge Woods fan. I think this is a very unideal situation. Let me uh, remove the truth from the broadcast there. Um, so you don't have a random icon. Um, but I, I do think, uh, this is a, certainly a downgrade leaving McVay's fantasy factory to this run heavy Derrick Henry focused attack as much as I like woods, a tough fit. Another tough fit for me is DJ Chark to the lions. Uh, one year, 10 million. I like the contract for the lions. I think it's a great deal. It can be up to 12 million in incentives. He said he could return DJ Chark to pro bowl form because of Jared Goff at quarterback. That's why he chose Detroit. I'm calling bullshit on that. I mean, come on. That's like what is probably the most money you got. You can never cite Goff as the reason you went anywhere, especially because you look at Goff and it just seems like a horrific fit that Goff threw deep on only 9% of his pass attempts. These six lowest in the league, they are very run heavy. Whenever they could be the rare times they had a lead or even were competitive in a game, they would run, run, run in neutral scripts. Uh, So I don't love this fit. That cough average yards per attempt, 6.2. Chark's average depth of target when he actually was on the field, 14. Those things don't seem to line up very well for me. Now, there is the argument like, well, they didn't have a deep threat really last year. That's why they went and got, you know, DJ Chark. We can't just chastise them for not not using the weapon that they didn't have. I, I get that argument too, but I just think Goff sucks. Uh, there was a year, 2020, Brandon Cooks was fifth in deep receiving and sixth in quarterback rating when targeted deep. Uh, with Goff throwing him the rock. He was the wide receiver in you know, 17 in those games. Sharks a, a bigger, faster cooks when he's healthy. So maybe this could work out. I just don't think that it's the offense in terms of how heavily they lean on the running game and, and especially the running backs in the past game, especially with you know, TJ Hawkinson. Dan Campbell loves throwing to his tight ends here. New offensive coordinator. It just doesn't, this does not feel ideal in any means, especially, you know, it could have been Rodgers. It could have been somewhere else. It's it, he went down, you know, four spots in my wide receiver rankings where he had room to certainly go up DJ Chark uh, following this move. One that I don't know exactly how to react to is Juju Smith Schuster getting that one year $10.75 million contract with the Chiefs, which on first glance is like the Chiefs playing with Mahomes. It has to be a huge upgrade, right? It's a beautiful deal. It makes perfect sense. They need that underneath option in addition to Travis Kelsey that can really help move the chains and and be a reliable slot guy. All true. I think Juju's going to slide in as a great real-life fit here. My worry is in the, the wide receiver twos in the Mahomes era have never been anything solid. You have Byron Pringle last year, 568 and five TDs. Hardman, 694 and two TDs. Both were outside your top 65 receivers. 2020, Hardman, wide receiver 76. Watkins, wide receiver 69 in points per game. 2019, where Watkins had the benefit of Tyreek Hill being hurt only finished as the wide receiver 57 in points per game. Hardman was the wide receiver 74. 2018, Watkins, this was the best wide receiver two season we ever had, was the wide receiver 38. And that's probably where I would slide 
Juju in here. I think he could absolutely have that pace that Watkins was on, 64 catches, 830 yards, and five touchdowns. That seems like a pretty reasonable projection, maybe a handful more touchdowns. We've seen Juju be a beast in the red zone in the past. So uh, it's just one of those things. When you're behind Kelsey, you're behind Tyree Kill, unless either one of them get hurt or have a breakdown. Kelsey is getting up there in age. I still don't expect a breakdown within the next year or two. I think you're looking at that wide receiver 38 as like a pretty close floor. I think Juju's going to have a nice floor there, but also the ceiling is extremely capped unless, again, we get a big injury, in which case he has the upside to potentially be the number one receiver. We've seen Juju as a rookie break records in efficiency. Uh, Two monster seasons in a row with the Steelers when Big Ben could actually throw. So there is like the upside. We just haven't seen that form of Juju, and we haven't seen that type of wide receiver too in the Chiefs attack. Those two things have a perfect merger and, and both collide this year. He could have a top 25 receiver season, maybe even top 20. I, I'm not expecting it. I'll have him right around wide receiver 37 or so in the rankings is where I have him right now. And the last kind of quote-unquote big name, that being generous, is Russell Gage. Three-year, 30 million, though. That's a, not a small wide receiver deal by any means. He was the wide receiver 36 in fantasy points per game, now going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is it an upgrade? Is it a downgrade? Of course, it's an upgrade in terms of quarterback play, overall offense. We've cited this stat many times. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, first or second in passing attempts, passing yards and passing touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. And then Winston leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. So three straight years of just a fantasy factory of aerial goodness. And Gage is going to be the third mouth behind Evans and Godwin. Also Gronk probably coming back. So that's where it starts to get a little bit messy, right? And yeah, Leonard Fournette leading running backs and targets for the majority of last year too. Maybe he comes back at this point. So I, I don't know that there's going to be enough volume that we can consistently count on Gage, even in the biggest aerial pie in the entire league. He'll have his useful games. Uh, it certainly has a slot receiver. We, uh, we've talked about Brady peppering his slots. That's where Gage does his best damage. Great stat from my man, Scott Barrett, DFB, at Scott Barrett, DFB, of fantasy points there. He faced a defense ranking top 10 in points per game to slot receivers in seven of his 14 games, half the time. He only had 4.1 targets and 5.2 fantasy points in those games. The rest of the time, when he was not facing a top 10 defense, 9.3 targets, 18.7 fantasy points per game. Over the last you know, week 12 to week 18, where Calvin Ridley was hurt and he really started to get leaned upon, Russell Gage was the wide receiver 10. I'm picturing early season if Godwin's coming along slow, and that's probably why Brady called him, recruited him. They really wanted and coveted Russell Gage. He could be a seamless kind of Godwin, not Godwin level talent, but that type of role he can fill to perfection. So I could see Russell Gage having some very meaningful numbers early on in the year. You look at last year, Godwin and Antonio Brown and Mike Evans were all top 15 in fantasy points per game. Actually, all of them were top 12. Could Gage do that? He's Again, those three talents are significantly ahead of Russell Gage, but I do think this offense has so much volume that even as the third or fourth option, there is some, some juice for Russell Gage to repeat that wide receiver 36-ish type of finish. He'll be in my top 40 receivers because of it. And the last kind of quick rapid-fire names, Cowboys signed James Washington to a one-year contract. Don't forget, they led the NFL in total yardage, in total touchdowns, were second in terms of passing yards. Um, So this is an explosive attack that, especially if Gallup's not ready, 
We already know Cedric Wilson's gone. So at worst case, he's probably their number three receiver. We'll be behind Blake Jarwin and probably a running back in terms of targets as the number three. But Cedric Wilson had huge games. Michael Gallup was a highly viable fantasy receiver in that number three role. That's probably going to be James Washington unless the Cowboys draft somebody uh, in this upcoming class. That's not the most exciting class. They probably will take somebody, but still. There's a, there's a chance Washington will, will be the number three option. We've seen him get deep plenty. That's what they they love to do the most. I, I like this. I think he is a great last round type of dart throw, especially in best ball, because you know you'll get a, a handful of these blow-up games from James Washington that we saw out of Cedric Wilson, that we saw out of Gallup, uh, with 33% of his routes coming in the slot last year. I think that's where he's going to slide in perfectly here with the Cowboys. I hate Bear, Byron Brickle going to, from the Chiefs to the Bears. I mean, what could be worse than that? He really seemed to be coming on as the number two at the end of the season for the Chiefs, and now he'll be the number two in a way worse passing attack. Ugh, gross, big downgrade. We saw Cole Beasley get released, and then Jamison Crowder coming on into the Bills. That, that happened just as we went live, so I haven't really had a chance to process that. To me, it's like, oh, damn, I finally thought Isaiah McKenzie, who has – been a top 12 wide receiver in the only two times he's gotten extensive action these last two years. I was like, oh, finally, he's going to get his, his, you know, eight targets a game now. So I, I think Jameson Crowder, though, perfect, seamless fit. We've seen him dominate slots. I mean, was a top five wide receiver for the Jets two seasons ago uh, for a solid portion of that year. He's a great slot receiver. He gets open, knows how to work that middle of the field really well. And what better offense to be, you know, t- facing third or fourth corners uh, Cole Beasley's been a top 25 wide receiver in two of his last three seasons. I could see Crowder as a sneak. I want I want to dig into that one further. It happened just as we went live, but my instant reaction is great fit. Going to love him there. I mean, if we're loving Gage as the third in a slot with the, the Tampa Bay attack, the Bills aren't far off at all in terms of offensive explosiveness. Um, and I think Crowder is just as good as Gage, maybe even a little better when he's healthy. So those are a couple of the wide receiver moves that we needed to cover. The last being Jakeem Grant, three-year contract with the Browns, only really notable because now they have Watson and they don't really have a ton of other mouths. The fact that the deal could be up to $14 million on three years, they clearly like the guy. Grant, they, they call him you know NASCAR, given his explosive speed, could be the, uh, the missing piece for Watson getting deep down the field if they don't sign. I mean, it's going to be Peoples-Jones there if they don't sign a Fuller. I think Fuller's there. I don't think it's going to really matter. So let's get into that. The, the split receiver moves are still left to be made. Mutual interest between Will Fuller and the Browns. Uh, him and Watson have been friends since their time together in Houston, says Jordan Schultz of ESPN. Um, we obviously know last year everything fell apart with the Dolphins. Didn't even, he was suspended, never returned uh, from a personal issue and a hand injury. Like never, never got going last year. So wipe that out. But we know these two have great chemistry. Their last time fully together, we saw Fuller finish as the wide receiver eight in fantasy. There was a run when Watson was a rookie quarterback. Fuller was on pace for 25 touchdowns. They, these two have a great bond and they want to play together. I imagine Fuller's willing to take a, a small deal and a prove it type of season and get there. The Browns also want to sign Jarvis Landry. Whoever gets back there, a, a catching passes from Deshaun Watson in addition to Amari Cooper, sign me up. Anybody catching passes from Deshaun Watson, Cooks and Fuller were both top 20 receivers the last time out. So whether it's Landry, whether it's Fuller, if both of those guys sign with the Browns, now, you know, Cooper's got to get a downgrade and there's a lot of mouths to feed and a, a still run heavy attack. Then it gets pretty ugly. So I, I won't really know there. MBS rumored to be a big target of the Packers. That should be a no brainer. 
given the situation with Aaron Rodgers, number one receiver. We don't know who it is yet. He could be a top 35 guy if he's the number one. I still think it will be a big rookie. Uh, we will find out there. AB also tweeting saying, you know, bring me in Browns. Everybody wants to go play with Deshaun Watson. If they're willing to take that stab on Deshaun Watson with his questionable uh, history here, maybe they're willing to take a stab on Antonio Brown, who I think is better than either Fuller or Landry uh, outside of the, the clear uh, off-field baggage that he comes with there. In terms of what else at quarterback, Seahawks and Panthers seem to be the only really unsettled situation. And there's a decent amount of depth available, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Gardner Minshew. That's been connected to the Panthers a lot right now. Or if they go to the rookie, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, one of the worst classes we've seen in a while. But only really two clear openings at quarterback at this point with either rookies or a couple handful of veterans that are worth uh, taking stabs at here. And also, you got to kind of question, like, what if the 49ers keep Jimmy G and and could that be an issue for Trey Lance yet again? Makes him a, a little bit riskier. I'd certainly bumped him down below. Some you know all these this movement with Russell Wilson and and I put Jalen Hurts now with the Eagles clearly seeming to commit to him. All those guys above Trey Lance now with the, the question marks of Jimmy G potentially still being around. Something you have to consider. Alrighty, Wolfpack, I will hit all your questions now as we get to the mailbag. But thanks again so much for being here. As we hit your mailbag, please consider giving us that thumbs up if you're on your way out. If you haven't subscribed and you like what you're hearing, please consider doing that. We will be covering running backs, offensive line, and tight ends either tomorrow or Wednesday. Me and Truth will figure out the schedule. Uh, but a lot of movement from Cordell Patterson to Rashad Penny, Mostert. We got a ton of running backs to talk about and tons of tight ends. Like, why would Gerald Everett suddenly become valuable? What, Tunyon? A lot of interesting landing spots for tight ends. But get on your, your questions, uh, comments. Let's hear what you guys got for us. Mike Clay, what's going on? I hope all is well with you, brother. Raiders Nation, Moreno is stoked. You should be. What a great trade. Uh, what a great division. You guys are going to have some great football. Uh, and Moreno, you don't even think us. We love doing this. So I'm glad you're here. Wolf and truth. What color scheme should I get my brand? <laughs> I love it. Omar. You must be pumped about that one. Um, I'm a big fan of the orange. Uh, I-, I like that one, but I actually like all the Browns colors. I think that's a pretty unpopular opinion, but I'm a big fan of the dog pound in their colors. Let me know what you're going for. Cracking up watching all these snowflake Brown fans jump ship. Cause he signed a guy who got clear. <laughs> I mean, I'm not here to speculate on any of it. Is he guilty of some things? Probably, but he was cleared by a grand jury. I don't know what type of con you know he might see uh, in terms of punishments here, but uh, yeah, I, I'll let the, the punishments kind of fall and and not speculate myself. I'm just here to look at the fantasy values. Love Njoku. I agree with you, Mike Clay. Just an underutilized freak athlete that now has the best quarterback far and away of his career, the best path to targets in his career. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I just was saying that, uh, Omar. Um, yeah, if you're going to bring in Watson, you might as well just bring an AB and, and light it up here. What's going on, Denny? Great to see you, brother. Um, what up? Long time no see, Schneider. Long time indeed, but great to see you, man. <laughs> exactly. Nothing makes the wolf smile harder than Rogers getting screwed. Damn truth right there. Absolutely. Wolf, quick update. Oh, glad, glad to hear that, Tunes. Um, yeah, obviously, the this is the lowest priority. I appreciate you keeping that. Uh, keeping me informed, but man, you got far bigger things on your plate tunes. Indeed prayers up. Hope everything works out. Okay. With you and the kiddo over there. Um, thanks again for commenting in and checking in, but man, you got far bigger things to worry about right now tunes. And I am thinking of you sending uh, all the thoughts and prayers your way, brother. Michael Schneider. I had Adams in my dynasty league, ended up trading him for Deontay Tannehill 
107. Whew. That's a pretty good haul. Uh, if it's Superflex, I, I mean, Tannehill otherwise is pretty useless, so I imagine it's Superflex. Madden, you know, who's going to be there at 107? Ah, it's tricky. I mean, 2024 third, what's that? I do love Deontay, but he had such a good rapport with, with Roethlisberger there. Does he continue that? Is that, you know, a Tomlin thing where he just dials him up all the time? Or is that a uh, Big Ben chemistry thing? It, and again, it depends on who the 107 is for you. I, and it also depends on what your your mode was. If you're in win now mode, I don't know that I love it. Um, but also Adams could take a pretty decent fall from what we were getting there in Green Bay. It's really tough one to judge. I'd say if I was in win now, I'd probably rather have Adams. But otherwise, that's a, a pretty nice haul. You got some good assets there, Schneider. What's going on, Twin? Thank you for, uh, yeah, I'll let the truth know. You said hello. Indeed. San Fran's a huge win, even if not, I, I like uh, it, Michael. Not sure. Um, oh, Superflex, yeah. So I, I, I agree. Um, Superflex makes a big difference because Tannehill still has some decent value, uh, value, especially getting Robert Woods there. Um, 24 first and Rondell Moore for Zeke and Pollard. I mean, Zeke's on his last legs. And Rondell Moore is about to ascend to a role, but he's certainly a question mark. Didn't do much here. Uh, depend what, what that 24 first ends up being too. But if you're desperate for running back, uh, you know, if Zeke's on his last leg, then Pollard could absolutely free, you know, feast. Thoughts on Pascal going to the Eagles. Denny, I guess I should have put him on like the, the, uh, the lower wide receiver signings because they have volume up for grabs beyond Devonta Smith is really, you know, who's Quez Watkins at receiver. So, you know, it's pass, it's obviously you got Goddard, you got Devonta and then Pascal could step into that two role. He's been crafty with the the Colts, but never anything special either. I don't think that's going to change with the Eagles. I think it's nobody I'll ever kind of go after myself. Wolf, what's up, boss? Great to see you, brother. The champs here. Congrats on that title. Great to see you. We were saying this at the top of the show, boss. Craziest offseason of all time. Never seen anything like this in terms of the trades, in terms of the big players being swapped on the different teams. It's nuts. It's awesome. Uh, we were laughing because we usually do one free agency show a year and we've now had to do two parts and we're, we're still not even like all the way through. We have another third part with running backs and tight ends coming up now. So lots to cover, lots to talk about. I'm pumped you're here. Great to see you champ. I, well, thank you, Howell. I appreciate your kind words, man. Great show. It feels good to be able to chat with you guys uh, and just see the pack again. It's always a pleasure. Well, guys, thanks again so much for, for being here. Tuned in, listen to my thoughts on the free agency, the truth thoughts on free agency. Um, it is so greatly appreciated. If you haven't, and hit that thumbs up. It is so appreciated as well to help the pack continue growing. We'll be live again either tomorrow or Wednesday, depending on what works better for the truth schedule to cover some running backs uh, and all that other good stuff, tight ends. A lot, a lot of interesting tight end movement that we need to cover as well. And knowing the offseason, there's probably going to be a nuke dropped uh, yet again, some huge trade just being waiting to unfold tonight as we go to sleep. So who knows, but thanks again for your time being here. It's so appreciatable back. Uh, and this, this is it. Let's keep it going, baby. And the world for the fantasy sheep, be the wolf. Check out roastreatjournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves and a fancy fullback diet podcast. <laughs> Got to get that uh, order of the uh, little promos better for next time. But thanks again for being here, guys. Peace out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least.
least we stole the show. Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.